Hello and welcome to What the Buck. My name is Jennifer. I am a labor and delivery nurse and a certified labor doula. This podcast is created to inform and empower every woman on all of their options surrounding their pregnancy. Join me here every Monday at 9 a.m. as we dive into all things prenatal, birth, postpartum, and so much more. So let's jump into today's This podcast episode is going to be part one of Bethany's story, so make sure you guys come back next week for part two. Welcome to another episode of What the Bump. We have Bethany here to share her birth story, so thank you for being here and thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to share uh, our whole journey with you guys. That's amazing. So um, starting off, tell me a little bit about yourself and your family. Yeah, so I... Uh, grew up, or my husband and myself have both, both grown up in New England, um, and we met uh, in 2015 at our church. We got married, or we met in 2015, started dating in 2016, got engaged in 17, married in 18. So uh, we've been married for a little over four years. Um, we live now in Connecticut. Um, with our two dogs uh, and our newborn baby. So uh, it's definitely a crazy uh, housing situation, but there's a lot going on always, but um, it's also been a lot of fun. So that's kind of what we're, where we're at right now. You know, people think we're nuts and we are nuts, but um, (laughs) it's, we wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) We're all, we're all a little nuts in our own way. So (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) For sure. What one person would do, other people would never. So, right. Um, So were you guys trying to get pregnant? Were you planning to get pregnant? How did that all happen? Yeah. So we were semi trying, I wouldn't say for a while we were not preventing it. um, But we started kind of um, like so kind of tracking my cycle a little bit. Um, my cycle is borderline irregular. So there was no real way unless I, cause I wasn't doing the hormonal like testing of like, okay, this is my like fertile days and whatever. Um, but I was just using an app to track. So I'm like, okay, I kind of think this is around the time. Um, so we can just kind of, you know, do our thing and see what happens but we actually ended up once I started doing that we ended up getting pregnant within a couple of months so fairly quickly um which I'm thankful for you know with having my cycle being irregular and it when I was younger it was so bad it, thankfully it leveled out more as I got older but um you know when I was younger that was definitely a concern of mine like am I going to be able to get pregnant one day like right. are we going to have issues and um but thankfully we didn't so I'm, um, yeah, I'm very grateful for that. <laughs> and how did, did you guys like take a test together or did you find out and then tell your husband, how did that happen? Yeah. So I, uh, I took a test myself. I actually, I took it in the target bathroom because <laughs> I was I, like, yeah, I like suspected that I was pregnant and I was like, I just need to know. I don't even want to go home. Target's like 10 minutes from my house. And I'm like, I don't even want to go home. I'm just going to take it. <laughs> so I took it and, um, it was a few days before his birthday. So I was like, I'm going to wait until his birthday to tell him. Um, so yeah, that's an, on his birthday, I just like left it in the bathroom on the counter. Um, so when he walked in there, he would see it. And yeah, so he was just like, 
are you serious? Like, cause I had told him, he was like, you, you're pregnant, you're pregnant. And I was like, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Cause I was trying to surprise him. Yeah. And so I was like, yeah, I, I started my period. And he was like, you told me you started your period. And I was like, well, no, I'm pregnant. Oh, that's <laughs> Happy <amazing>. birthday. <laughs> Best uh, birthday present ever. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's awesome. That's so fun. Well, I'm shocked that you were able to keep that in for three days because I was like, oh, I'm going to go to the store, get my husband something cute. As soon as it came up positive, I just like ran downstairs with the test and was like, oh my God, look. And it was very, like, it was not planned, thought out, cute. I couldn't even wait like hours. So um, I give you all the props. That's so cute too, though. (laughs) (laughs) So impatient over here. (laughs) No, but that's so sweet. You know, you just can't contain the excitement. You can't. Yeah. Um, so how was your pregnancy? Overall, it was really smooth. Um, I had comparatively such an easy pregnancy. I loved being pregnant um, and, you know, didn't have hardly any of the like negative um, like side effects that can come with pregnancy. You know, I wasn't nauseous at all. And it really, it was like the first trimester I was exhausted, <laughs> exhausted all the time. Um, that's actually what tipped me off to the fact of like taking the test because I had, uh, so I had Mondays off and Mondays were like my productive day. That was the day I did my grocery shopping, any errands that I needed to get done, things like that. And I had slept in later than usual. I didn't set alarms anyway on Mondays, but I slept in later than usual And I was just kind of like poking around the house, you know, not really doing much. And then I ended up taking a nap like two hours later. And then I was like, all right, that's weird. And then I ended up taking another nap that day. And I was like, why am I so tired? So, and so I looked it up and I was like, is this something that like could mean I'm pregnant? And, you know, of course it it is. And I was like, all right, I got to get my way to the store so I can take a test. Um, And of course that's what ended up happening is that I, I tested positive. And uh, uh, yeah. So I feel like the exhaustion that first trimester was definitely um, probably the hardest part um, of my pregnancy. Um, And then I also actually starting sometime pretty early on, I'd say probably around 10 weeks. Um, I started having some like SI joint pain, um, here and there, it wasn't like this consistent, um, thing that was happening, but on days when I was on my feet a lot more, I was working two jobs while I was pregnant. Um, and one of them, uh, is as a server as a, at a restaurant. And so, you know, constantly on my feet, walking around for miles in a shift and, um, you know, at the end of those shifts, I would be like, you know, hobbling or like kind of limping around a little bit like this kind of sucks. Um, but it wasn't all the time, thankfully, but that was definitely one of the harder, um, kind of side effects that I dealt with. Uh, sometimes it would, you know, put me down the next day. Cause I'm like, man, I just need to rest my body. Um, but overall it was really smooth and I'm very thankful for that because, you know, a lot of people, their pregnancy really sucks. And, you know, it, you feel bad because it's like, dang, like I, pregnancy was awesome. And I wish everyone could feel that way throughout their pregnancy. Yeah. 
Yeah, totally. Yeah. I know yeah. some, you know, I feel like with most women, you either love being pregnant or you hate being yeah. pregnant. Um, you know, yeah. and, and the yeah. good side to hating being pregnant, honestly, is the fact that it's, you know, it's short lived. Um, and in the end, it's always worth it. You know, even people right. who hate being pregnant, yeah. are like, oh my God, I love my child. I would do it a hundred times over again. Um, and yeah. thankfully, you know, it, it, it is short lived. It can just be a little bit more yeah. difficult for sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. so coming up towards the end of your pregnancy, what were you envisioning, yeah. um, planning for, for your birth? How did you prepare? Yeah. So I would say, um, so really around 20 weeks is when I started, uh, really getting, I guess a little more unsettled with, um, I guess not knowing much about birth and, um, you know, labor and things like that. And so I was just like, you know, I don't really, feel informed enough right now. And so, you know, I put a post up on Instagram or, you know, in my story and just ask people, Hey, like, what are some accounts that you like follow or, you know, what have you done to, um, you know, prepare for that? And so, um, they directed me or, you know, I had several answers to that and people directed me to a few different accounts that I started following immediately. And that really opened my eyes. Um, some, uh, like physiological birth um, accounts and doulas and things like that, um, really opened my eyes to like how, um, how our bodies are designed, um, and the natural, um, beauty behind birth. And, um, you know, if, if at all possible, like I wanted to like do it, you know what I mean? Just the way that it was designed. And, um, you know, before that I, I knew that, you know, excruciating pain isn't like this, um, like a rite of passage in birth. It doesn't have to happen. It does happen, but it doesn't have to happen. And so I was just like, how do I make that not happen? Or how do I prepare myself, I guess, in a sense? Um, Because, yeah, I wanted to try to birth unmedicated, but knew that I needed to do work before that. And um, so, yeah, really, the educating myself was paramount behind that. I feel like, um, if I hadn't learned as much as I could about, you know, my body's natural functions and also, um, even just kind of the way that hospital policies can be sometimes, or, um, you know, even just different like laboring positions, different, uh, you know, birthing positions. I'm like, I didn't learn those things before and just kind of went into it blindly, there's no way I could have done this. Like, um, I feel like when I was younger, uh, if I had, you know, if I had gotten pregnant with her in my early twenties, I feel like I would have just thought like, Oh yeah, you just go to the hospital and have a baby. And that's it. Like, wouldn't have thought anything about like, Hey, you have to like really prepare for this. Um, uh, like otherwise the outcomes are totally left in the hands of the medical providers. And, um, yeah, so, and that's, that's just something I didn't want, you know, I wanted to, I understood that there's a level of like letting go that you need to have, you know I mean? You need to understand that, um, that there's only so much you can control. You know what I mean? There's, there's things that can happen in the blink of an eye. Um, but you can also, prepare for a better outcome. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, so I really felt like, um, you know, I really started just 
digging in and educating myself and um, took a an online um, birth course. I knew that um, that was one of the things that I wanted to do as opposed to the hospital um, birth course. Um, and that was super, super helpful. Which one did you um, take? I took the built to birth course. Okay. Yeah. I've heard good things. About yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I, I was kind of debating between, um, Bridget's course and then Karen Welton's pain-free birth course. Okay. And I felt like, um, at the end of the day, I felt like Bridget's, uh, at least her Instagram account was a little more, um, neutral in regard to, um, like hospitals or hospital birds. And, um, like she would, she was a little more informative about, um, interventions and things like that. And I was like, okay, like, like I love following Karen's account and her, the story she shares are super inspirational. Um, but ultimately like I am delivering in a hospital and I want to be as informed about everything that I can be. Um, even though I don't want to have any interventions, I want to know about them in case that happens. So, yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, did yeah. you guys end up like hiring a doula or were there any specific books you read? Um, any other kind of things that, you know, besides the birth class and obviously, like you said, like Instagram accounts, things like that, that really you feel mm-hmm. like, um, helped you or gave you kind of, um, I don't want to say like tips and tricks, but more so like right. coping mechanisms, I guess, to keep you grounded. Yeah. Uh, so we did not hire a doula. Um, I really hope to for future births because having gone through it, I'm like, oh man, I can see how helpful it is to have one. Um, just to have an extra set of hands, yes. just to have someone who has um, experience, more experience under their belt, things like that. Um, but uh, and then other than that, I read a little bit, I'm horrible at reading. <laughs> I'm horrible at reading. Sorry. Books. Um, but I read, I read a little bit of Ina Mae Gaskin's, um, guide to childbirth yes. and the little bit that I did read, actually, there was, there was one thing that really stuck with me about, um, so there was this, this excerpt that, uh, she was talking about a woman who, um, she like had a cervical lip. And, um, she like spoke that out, you know what I mean? Basically like speaking out your fear to Mm -hmm. let that thing go essentially. Um, so that even though I didn't read a lot of the book, like that one thing was like, okay, like, um, I actually, you know, used it it, like while I was laboring at home, I was like, you know, just kind of speaking out those things that I was like, you know, starting to internalize and, and be afraid about. And I was just like, nope, this thing is not going to happen. Like, and just speaking that away. And, um, so that even just that little bit of the book that I read, um, was helpful. And I'm like, man, I definitely need to read this whole thing for my next pregnancy because, or even before, you know what I mean? It's not like I have to be pregnant to read it. Um, but yeah, I'm like, man, that thing is just going to be full of gold. So. And then I also know at the end of, well, I'm assuming kind of towards the end of pregnancy, but you did make a provider change. Um, what kind of prompted all of that? Yeah. So I, I made the switch from an OB to a midwife. Um, I started at this OB office, um, because I hadn't had an OB for quite some time. And, um, I, we had moved in 2020 and, you know, that was middle of the pandemic and we hadn't, and our health insurance 
was never super stable until like this past year between job switches and things like that. But um, so anyway, I finally got started with this OB practice at 14 weeks. And so they, um, you know, I had my regular appointments and just felt like, all right, this is, I'm just going in and peeing in a cup. And then someone like one of, not even one of the doctors, just one of the, like, um, like the medical assistants is coming in and checking my blood pressure. And, um, then the doctor comes in, looks, checks the baby's heart rate, and then asks as I'm, asks as I'm back and asks if I'm vaccinated. And that was pretty much the entirety of my appointments for four months at this OB office was, are you vaccinated? No, I'm not getting vaccinated while I'm pregnant. Like, um, and it's safe and effective. And this whole thing back and forth every single time. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm more than the fact that I don't have a COVID vaccine right now. I'm, I'm much more than that. Like, can we look past that and just like focus on my pregnancy and caring for me, getting to know me as a person and as a first time mom and just didn't feel like they cared much beyond that. And I understand, you know, they have a lot of patients that they need to see in a day, but just the level of care was not, um, to my comfort level. Um, and so I felt like if I'm not feeling cared for at this point, partway through my pregnancy, how am I going to feel once I'm in labor? Um, and so that really got me, um, that was one of the things that really catapulted me to, um, to making the switch along with, um, just really educating myself and, um, knowing that, Hey, a lot of times like OBs, uh, kind of look at birth in more of a like medicalized way versus midwives looking at it in more of a physiological way. And, um, you know, I would have been delivering at a major hospital in the area and I don't know what their policies would have been, but I know they would have been more strict, um, in regard to, you know, my freedoms, I guess you could say while I was, while I was there. Um, and, the midwives, um, the midwife practice that I ended up going with birthed at like a smaller hospital. Um, and so, and actually it was, it's a hospital in the area that they call it, um, the birthing center because it's kind of a, a marriage between the two, which is awesome. Um, they like have the option to actually like birth in the tub or like things like that. So, um, which, I know most hospitals, it's like, okay, you can labor in the tub, but you can't actually give birth in the tub. Um, but yeah, so just their, their whole approach to, um, my labor and delivery, um, really supported what I wanted. Um, and so that was, that was why I, I made the switch and I'm really thankful I did because I wouldn't have been able to do it without. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I totally agree. And, you know, something else I remind people of a lot is like that OBs are, you know, great. You can definitely have a great yeah. OB who is super right. holistic, kind of crunchy in a midwife way. Um, but mm -hmm. for the most part, you know, OBs are surgeons. They, they really are. A lot yeah. of their schooling is in, is in surgery. So of course they mm -hmm. are a little bit more inclined and they take much more, you know, high risk pregnancy who high risk pregnancies who opt out of midwifery care. So mm. it's kind of important to remember that side of it. Um, so yes, they are more, 
likely to treat birth like a medical condition that they're kind of, mm-hmm. um, preparing to cure you of, in a right, way. right. And, and, and not, you know, b- because they do deal with a lot more high risk things and surgeries and things yeah. like that. So, um, in a normal right. low risk pregnancy, I tell my clients all the time, there's no reason to not see a midwife. I mean, they're, they're just, mm. they have, they're so much usually more personable. They have more time. Mm. They aren't, you know, also balancing the surgical schedule with, you know, deliveries mm-hmm. and labors and things like that during the day at a hospital and OB has yeah. a lot going on. They are on call for the ER. They're usually doing surgeries during the day too. Whereas the midwives mm-hmm. are literally just on the floor to catch babies. Um, yeah, at least that's how it worked at my job where we had midwives and OBs for, um, the mm. practice that we worked with. And, um, you know, the OBs had a lot of things going on during the day. So I am a big, big fan of midwifery care. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of evidence behind midwifery care um, with lower cesarean rates and just, mm-hmm. I, I just don't know why you wouldn't want to see a midwife personally. Yeah. Um, yep. I know. So I totally understand your switch. <laughs> Thank you for listening to another episode of What The Bump. Make sure to follow us over on Instagram at WhatTheBumpCLT. Check out our website, WhatTheBumpCLT.com. Make sure to leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or whatever platform you are listening on. And tune in every Monday at 9 a.m. for a new episode. Remember that this podcast is for educational purposes only. I will see you next week in the next episode.